raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Radio 927 WFNZ 9 o'clockers. Welcome aboard. We've been having fun today. Even worked in some Love is Blind conversation. The show uh, based in Charlotte, all Charlotte residents. And as the boys told me here, I have been completely hooked into it and cannot wait, Bone, to resume watching later today. It's addictive. It's addictive. <laughs> no, I, I got to chill out a little bit, man. I, I get tried, into this. I tried to slow play yesterday because I didn't want it to end. So I kind of walked around a little bit the apartment and kind of went back. I wanted it to last forever. And it just, it, Love is Blind doesn't last forever. It eventually ends. And we want you to play the Mac and Bone Love is Blind Charlotte Resident Edition home game that J.J. Jansen assigned all of you. All right? This is an assignment. J.J. was eating in a restaurant when one of the scenes was being filmed there, when there was a date going on in the same restaurant in Charlotte, J.J. would like to know if he made it in the background. So anybody, <laughs> if you spot J.J. in the background, maybe J.J. will snap you like an autographed football yes. or something. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll work something out. Uh, so yeah, anyway. I, I see the jokes. I did the sunscreen read before we came back. I, I get it. It's, it's ironic. I'm the one doing that, all right? I just read them, all right, fellas. I feel like- down there, right? <laughs> I'm gonna come back. I, I am gonna be. I am gonna make it a point to be so tan. This so I'm be like your guy, Mac. Who's your Who's your guy there? You t- George Henderson? What's his name? George Hamilton. Yeah, him too. You go ahead, bronze George Hamilton tan. I don't know who George Henderson is. <laughs> yes, that you lost me on that one there as well. All right, uh, we mentioned earlier combine today on the field activities begin, and that will include uh, today. The uh, defensive linemen and the linebackers, uh, wide receivers along with quarterbacks are Saturday. I can't wait to see the wide receivers on the field. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some of the wide receivers that are available at 33. Maybe some of the alternative plans for the Panthers at 33, Bone. Yeah. That offensive line, like there's some offensive linemen that you take there. I ain't mad about it either. Let's talk with an NFL draft analyst from uh, Fantasy Pros, Betting Pros, covers the Lions for the Lions Wire. He is Russell Brown. He is at Russ NFL Draft on Twitter. And he is with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Russell, thanks for joining us, man. How you feeling? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing What's good, man? man. It's that time of year. Still trying to fix the football team, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, we, we talked to you last year at this time. Our plan of improving through the draft, we don't know. We don't think we achieved that just yet. Um, I want to ask you about Bryce Young to start this off. How did you feel about Bryce Young last year going into the draft? And did this season change your opinion or do you kind of feel like eh, we all couldn't get a good evaluation of Bryce with everything that was going on around him? What do, what do you think? Yeah, we couldn't get a good evaluation on him. Uh, I think schematically the offense was broken. They they ran a lot of short area stuff with uh, the wide receivers. I mean, having Adam Thielen running design wide receiver screens probably isn't exactly the recipe for success. Uh, a lot of throws behind the line of scrimmage and again in the short areas of the field for Bryce. Um, and, and I think he just was never really able to get into a, a comfortable rhythm within that offense. And, and part of it, I think, is because of the playmakers around him. Uh, I, again, I think they had good weapons, but I, I don't think they were great. 
But at the end of the day, the, the decision-making for him has just got to get a little bit better. And, and there were times that it felt like he had open throws down the field and he just wouldn't, he wouldn't uncork it. He would just kind of bottle it up and, and hold it and, and stare somebody down and force a bad throw, throw it away, take the sack, um, or, or again, throw it in the short areas of the field. So I, I, I still have hope for Bryce, and I think that obviously this draft is all about building up around him. Um, don't don't go so defensive heavy. I know that's what's kind of a, the game plan with Matt Rule and 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 then this upcoming this past draft. You know they they tried building up a little bit, but they they lost some of that draft capital by moving up to get Bryce. But this draft, it it got to be defensive or offensive has to be has to be. And, has and to, be. to get him help, obviously that goes to the wideouts and anything any type of wideout will help compared yeah. to what we saw last year. But when you look at the options there. At 33, give us a player or two, in your view, that stands out that could help Bryce the most and pretty quickly. Well, if they were able to find uh, Xavier Worthy out of Texas, I think he'd be a great fit if he was there at 33, if he was able to fall into their lap. Uh, The only concern is that he goes to pick before the Kansas City at pick 32, uh, just simply because I think that they're going to be trying to add playmakers around Patrick Mahomes there in Kansas City. But if they can get Xavier Worthy, that would be awesome. I think he's going to blow the doors off the combine with, with how fast he is. Uh, he, he ran the 100-meter dash in, in 10.55 seconds, and, and that's just flying. Um, but, you know, 6'1", 165 pounds, not necessarily a big guy, but he plays a little bit bigger. He can run fast. He can, he can win in the short areas of the field. So I think that'll help in, in any type of design screen game if this offense implements some more of that, but again, getting deep shots down the field, Worthy can be that guy. Uh, another player out of Texas, Donnie Mitchell. I, I'm a huge fan of him. I don't think he's going to be there. Six foot four, 195 pounds. I think he's going to also test well. Very fluid route runner for that size. He had 11 touchdowns this past year, and it just felt like whether when he was at Georgia or Texas, whenever those offenses needed a big play from a wide receiver, they looked the way of a Donnie Mitchell. So. If he happens to be there at 33, I, I think Bryce Young would be, he would be the one sprinting to the podium being like, give me this guy. I can get the ball to him. Um, and then just another, another name, just Troy Franklin out of Oregon. I think in that 30 to early 40 range is really the sweet spot for him. I, I don't think he'll go in the first round. I've seen some stuff where he's been pigeonholed into that first round. I don't think that's the case. 6'3", 178. He's got to do a little bit better uh, getting stronger. He's such a, a back shoulder throw uh, catcher and, and a guy that shows great body control and on those 50-50 balls. So he's going to have to get more physical at the catch point because I think he'll struggle with defenders in that in that way. But I, I like Troy Franklin, and, and if he could come in, again, it's just another weapon. You pair that with Jonathan Mingo, I think you're kind of cooking with something there. Russell Brown is with us, NFL Draft uh, Analyst, Fantasy Pros, Betting Pros, covers the Lions on the Lions Wire as well. Um, what did you, uh, you, you mentioned Mingo. He, he had a year that, you know, there were there were a couple games where the flashes, a couple 60-plus yard games, probably hard to evaluate him in this offense too, but it wasn't a great rookie season for him. How did you feel about, you mentioned him, How'd you feel about Mingo last year, and do and, and and have you changed your opinion on him at all? No, I think you know he 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 was fine as far as what you were you were getting out of the quarterback play again schematically. I think they were a little bit broken. Um, I know there was no touchdowns there, but forty three receptions, just over four hundred yards. I think that's fine for a, a second round pick, and I know it's a relatively earlier second round pick, so I, I understand maybe there's a little bit of a higher expectation, but. 
when the quarterback is struggling and the offense is overall struggling, it, it's really hard to kind of grade a guy that was, you know, 21 years of age, 22 years of age. So I think there was a little bit of a learning curve with him coming into the NFL anyways, and it's not necessarily his fault that the team decided to move up and get him. Now, it seemed like he was going to be off the board sooner anyways, but uh, I think it's one of those where he's, he's going to get better. Hopefully he gets better for them, um, and I think that's the, the key. And if you can, again, get another, uh, as we talk pass catchers, I think if you can get a, a pass catcher there that maybe has more fluidity or, or somebody that can take the top off a of defense, that should open some stuff up for Mingo underneath. And I think Xavier Worthy would be that perfect fit. We're talking to Russell Brown at Russ NFL Draft on Twitter. He's with Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Also does a lot of work uh, covering the Lions as well uh, here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Russ, what do you think about Leggett out of South Carolina? I, I've seen player rankings where some have them you know, somewhere in the 30 range of overall players. I know Dane Brugler had him around 80 or so. What's your assessment of the uh, the stud out of South Carolina? Yeah, he, he's my 59th ranked player in this year's draft. I like him. Um, I really do. My, my biggest issue with him was he just doesn't create a bunch of separation. And I think that works for guys that are, are 6'2", 6'3", but he checked into the senior bowl at, at 6'1". And I, and I know we're talking, you know, an inch or two here, but it is the game of inches. And it's, it's one of those things where if, if he's not able to create a bunch of separation and he's dealing with a physical defender, how's he going to be at the catch point on some of those 50-50 balls? But he's built like a running back. I mean, his lower body is, is, is thick. He looks strong. He runs well after the catch. So there's much to be desired there. I just wonder, you kind of already have a player like that with Jonathan Mingo in a sense that can you, know, you can move around a little bit, a line out of the backfield, put him in the slot, put him as the X. I, I feel like you might already have that type of player. Uh, but if they ended up going that route, I, I don't think you could be upset because, again, it's another set of hands in the offense, and that's what this team needs is another set of hands, a younger playmaker. Uh, and, and, again, if, if this is Bryce Young throwing deep down the field, Leggett can go up and get it. But, again, he's going to have to get better at the catch point and creating a little bit of, of separation there. Yeah, and let's face it. I mean, Panthers fans, we want a receiver at 33. We want one in free agency. Like, it feels like there's got to be a veteran and a high draft yeah. pick rookie to come in here. That's how much help this receiving core needs. I'll say this, though. The other obvious need, and again, it goes to what you said, and I agree with you. If that second day, like they don't pick round one, if the second day is not all about helping protect Bryce and helping give Bryce a receiver, like I, I, I'm gonna feel, you know, I'm gonna feel like we did something wrong. What about the offensive line class? Like it feels like 33, and then even that early pick in the third round. I, I mean, I heard Daniel Jeremiah say that, you, like, you could on day three still be getting guys that could start in their rookie years and help teams on the offensive line. This is a good O line class too, right? It is. It, it's the, it's probably the best group in the draft, in my opinion. I think you can find so much value at the top, and then the later rounds you can still find value. And, and you know whether that be pick sixty-five, pick thirty-three. I think if you were to wait till sixty-five, I think Patrick Paul out of Houston would be very intriguing at six-seven, three hundred fifteen pounds. Dominic Puny out of Kansas, he really popped at the Senior Bowl, and that might be a little rich for some, but he could be a plug-and-play guy that has guard tackle flexibility. He moves really well for his size at 6'5", 320. I, I like some of the aggressiveness that he played with. I, I think that would make a lot of sense. I'll be curious where Kingsley Sumatea goes from BYU, what his range is. 
think there's a lot of upside. If they wanted to maybe look at him at pick 33, or if he ended up falling a little bit in the draft, maybe they try to move up to get him, or he ends up falling into their lap at pick 65. I'd be very curious with him. High upside guy, and he's very patient. Huge size, I mean, 6'6", 315, he towers over defenders. I, I would be so intrigued with him because of his guard tackle flexibility as well. And I think that's one of those guys that you, again, plug and play. And then just a the guy, if, if we're looking at guard, Christian Haynes out of UConn, he might be the sweet spot there at 65, 6'2", 313. I've got a second-round grade on him. I think he's one of the 50 best players in this draft. It's just pure guards. He had uh, 51 straight starts at guard which is just ridiculous. And he's one of those guys that just he gets after it. He can get out in space. He throws his body around. And I just I love the skill set that I've seen from Christian Haynes and watching his tape from 2021 all the way through 2023. He's gotten better every single year. All right, Russ, great stuff, man. We appreciate it. If you guys want NFL draft info from Russell Brown, get it on Twitter, at Russ NFL Draft. Thank you, man. We appreciate you. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right, there you go. Russell Brown, uh, Fantasy Pros, among other places, an NFL draft expert. And I will say this, Bone, I feel like during that interview I might have let down Lads Lads. Lads Lads. That's our group of uh, of uh, fellas that support Lad McConkey as the number 33 pick in the draft. I'm the president and founding member. We have a clip uh, that we were going to play before we got to play it before we get out of here. I don't know if we have time. Do we have time here to squeeze it in? Let's squeeze it in real quick here. This is Mike Ranner, um, uh, draft analyst in his own Panther, right. Panthers uh, former offensive lineman, right? No, Mike Ranner, okay, not Rammers. Okay, yeah, <laughs> this was the guy Bone that had a regular segment on our show, and it lasted two weeks, and then he didn't show up anymore. Remember that segment? Um, also a Bachelor cast member. Um, in uh, a bachelorette cast member, really? Uh, at one point, yeah, he was on wow. the show. Got eliminated night one, though. Got eliminated night one. But uh, this is Mike Ranner, draft expert, talking on Mina Kimes' podcast, featuring her dog Lenny. I want to get that in there. And this is him. Listen to who he compares Lad McConkey to, and Lad's lads, you're gonna love this one. I get that it's lofty, but he. This is who he reminds me of, just from a movement skill standpoint, and it's Antonio Brown. They're almost identical from a size perspective. Antonio Brown was actually a little bit shorter, same wingspan, same weight, and just the ability that I see, the thing that really stands out and why I mentioned him in particular is that they both can go from full speed to complete stop just quicker than almost any wide receivers that I've seen at collegiate NFL level. Like that's, and that's a skill that wins. And that's how Antonio Brown got open deep despite running he ran like a four, five, six at the combine. He was mm. never a blazer, but he could vary his speeds and really threaten corners because he could stop at will. And so you're hip to hip with him. He'd just stop and make you blow by him at any given point in time. And so he was nasty on the outside. And that's what I see with McConkie is just that ability that, oh, you're with me right now. But as soon as I want to, yeah. I can stop, run a dig, change directions, run a comeback. And you can't stick with that. Oh, that's a comparison for lads, laddies out there, isn't it? How about that, man? Oh, Russell Brown, you should have brought him up. Russell Brown, don't know why you didn't bring him up. 
Um, that's what I'm saying. And that's why his route running is so special, right? It's, it's, I couldn't have put it into words like that and described it that way, and I wouldn't have come up with the Brown comparison. And Mina Kimes said, hey, she would have, she likes the comparison, but would have never thought of it on her own. And this is on the field, y'all. This is not like an Antonio Brown off-the-field comparison. Yeah, he's that, not going to own an arena football team and not pay his players. That would be a different type of comparison. But that's why the route running's so good. It's that ability to, I'm, I'm sprinting, boom! You know what I mean? I'm sprinting. Ah, I just cut it off. Yeah. And it's like, it's just quick cuts and quick movements. You Lad are. McConkie would be open. You're he making, would actually be open, man. You're making a lot of noises today. You want to, uh, uh. What was that one there you just did? <laughs> no, that wasn't it. Where'd that come from? <laughs> I don't remember. I got to be honest. That's I don't remember. Foot, what was that noise you just did right there? I don't know the noise That's I made. That's not a football noise. These are just these noises just come out of me. Why did and I don't your know football what they noise are. sound like Jim Beheim? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these we're gonna have fun talking wide receivers because wide receivers is a sexy position to talk about. Everybody has an opinion on them. It's not like line play where we don't know what the hell we're talking about. So it's gonna be a fun lead up to the draft. I do enjoy sexy wide out talk when we come back. <laughs> David Glenn. Longtime media member has covered these teams forever. Gives his insight on on Roy, on K, on Dean, and current stuff as well. Do not miss DG next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Black culture feeds fashion, but fashion doesn't always feed black creatives. I mean, only 7.3% of American fashion designers are black. So McDonald's is pairing five rising black designers with five fashion insiders for career changing mentorships and the access they deserve. Because we can do better than 7.3. Together, we can change the face of fashion. Follow their journey on Instagram at WeAreGolden. Statistics source from Zipia.com as of 2021. Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you, 9 o'clockers. Good to have y'all with us. Check out the podcast. A lot of good Panther talk today. Um, David Tepper's week of PR hits continues. We discussed it here on the show um, uh, a bunch. Check that out. Um, what happened now with Tep's Q rating in the city of Charlotte and why. Uh, also talked about the new facility, Bone, the new 5,000-seat uh, field house. And, you know, facility that they're going to have over there for training camp. Um, that's at least the plan per zoning documents that they filed. So we talked about that as well. Check out the podcast, WFNZ.com, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Listen to more Mac and Bone after 
the Mac and Bone Live experience uh, finishes up. But right now, real quick, though, breaking news involving the Charlotte Hornets hiring their next head of basketball operations. It will be Jeff Peterson from the Brooklyn Nets. He becomes the youngest uh, front office exec in the league at that level. Uh, So Jeff Peterson, 35 years old will be the head of basketball operations for your Charlotte Hornets. Now they're st- and they're still expecting to hire another executive under him, right? At least that's been the Yeah. Some of the reports have indicated that they're looking for two. Haven't seen that yet, but that because it literally just happened thirty seconds. So there ago, could be more. There, could, there be could be more, more coming. That's a woge bomb within the last thirty seconds. Jeff Peterson of the Nets, thirty five years old. He is now in charge of the uh, ops. All right, there you go. We're making uh, making progress, man. Making progress. Hornets in action tonight against Milwaukee at home. Let's hope it's a little different than last time out, Bone, on Tuesday night. Let's just hope it's a little different. All right, let's do this, man. Let's focus on college basketball. Duke gets a win last night against Louisville. Filipowski plays, but Caleb Foster's got an injury. Um, we got Carolina and State this week, then Duke State on Monday, then Duke at Carolina the Saturday after that. So we got things happening, and who better to talk about it with than David Glenn? You guys probably know. You probably have listened listen to the David Glenn Show um, in the past for years, broadcast all over this great state. He's also got the NC Sportsnet kicking as well, which is great content right there on YouTube at the NC Sportsnet that you have to find out about. He is David Glenn, and he joins us on the Mac and Bone Show. David, how you been, man? What's going on? Life is good, boys. Mac and Bone, it's always fun to be with you. I hope you're doing well. Doing good, man. Now, uh, I'm gonna. you've been in the state for a long time. I'm expecting your answer to be no to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> David, are you surprised that we have heard from many Tar Heel fans today that because Kyle Filipowski played 30 minutes last night, want to try to tell us that he faked his injury all along. Does that surprise you, DG? <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. I, I laughed out loud at one of the social media memes that I saw where you guys know the old pro wrestling meme where it's the undertaker coming out of the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they were, they were comparing that to Filipowski coming back from his injury to wake Forest, at wake Forest. So I, no, none of this stuff surprises me as you guys know, it's, it's just the nature of these fun rivalries in our backyard. But I'm with you, man. We've got some crazy important games coming up in our backyard, even beyond all these off-the-court conversations and shenanigans. When when you look at both UNC and Duke right now, as we're, we're all but in March, starting tomorrow, who do you have more trust in this month, Duke or UNC? I would say I have more trust in the ceiling of Duke. And I say that because basically right now, Duke is the best offensive team in the ACC, and Carolina is the best defensive team in the ACC. And and we've covered this stuff for a long time. It's usually the reverse, right? It's usually Carolina, the elite offense, and especially in those Coach K years, it was usually Duke with the elite defense. The Tar Heels, to me, are harder to predict because Cormac Ryan can go like 5 for 8 from 3-point land or 0 for 9 from 3-point land, you know? And whereas the heels are are usually rock solid on defense, you know, they're just not sure how much help they're going to get for R.J. Davis offensively. Whereas I think the evolution of Jared McCain, who I think is going to be the ACC Rookie of the Year, to go with Filipowski and the senior Jeremy Roach and even Mark Mitchell and others, um, the Blue Devils are going to be hard to stop. Uh, and that's why I think the Devils have a great chance of getting revenge on the heels when they get back together in Durham. 
It's going to be fun, man. Week and a, a week and a half or so, less than a week and a half, nine days away from that one. What do you expect? Hope Duke wins, and I hope they storm. <laughs> I hope Hur- Hurricane Filipowski just storms everywhere. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm not, I'm not angry, uh, DG, this and week at all. Ca- I'm okay and then, right now. God forbid, if a Carolina player gets hurt, then we have to hear Duke fans um, oh, uh, s- blaming him for the situation. It'll be full circle. It'll be full circle. DG- it could be a media member, too. Taken out of the at the press row though over there that could be a problem. <laughs> DG, we got at Cameron that happens. Yeah, yeah. if those it's, if the, the students the were going to st- up. Yeah. Holy cow. This is going to end with Josh Graham getting hurt or somebody over there. <laughs> They're going to get trucked if, they, if those students try to run out. All right, David Glenn, I want to ask you about, about NC State's role in this next couple of weeks. I mean, listen, I, I, I State fans are a little frustrated with the squad right now. I get it. But they will play a role in this ACC race because, like I said, they'll play Carolina in Chapel Hill on Saturday, and then they'll go to Duke on on Monday do they have a chance of getting either of these games or yeah, they've done well at, at, you know, against Duke, or do you feel like, do you feel like this is just, um, they're just not up to the task? I think they have a better shot against Duke because that game's in Raleigh. And, and as much as I respect the blue devils for reasons, I just said, the devils are the youngest team in the ACC and they're not the same away from home as they are in the friendly confines of Cameron indoor stadium. So the Wolfpack, the, the, the glass half empty story on the Wolfpack, of course, is it's year seven of Kevin Keats, and they, they do not right now look like an NCAA tournament team, and they haven't won a game in the NCAA tournament under Coach Keats in seven years is a long time. The glass half full part is a lot of teams don't have any chances left for resume builders. The Wolfpack not only has that Duke home game, they've got the trip to Carolina this weekend that you mentioned. They also finished the regular season at Pitt, which is an NCAA tournament kind of bubble team right now. And then, of course, you have the ACC tournament. So you can't ask for more opportunities than the Wolfpack has in front of them right now. I think DJ Horn's playing like an all-ACC player at guard for the pack. It's just very unpredictable how much help he gets on any given night. And obviously, he's going to need a lot of help if they're going to either beat the Heels in Chapel Hill or the Devils in Raleigh. David, as you can imagine, we're, we're kind of consumed right now with what we saw last night in the in the K and Roy uh, revisited with West Durham. Yeah. When you look at the legacy of Roy Williams and, and what he accomplished, but not just the championships, but how unbelievable of a job did he do to accomplish all that in the shadow of Dean Smith. It's one of the greatest stories that I've ever covered. And I've had the honor and privilege of interviewing both Kay and Roy one-on-one, gosh, dozens and dozens of times in each case. And they're such fascinating men within basketball, but also beyond. I mean, you guys know the story. Roy Williams reveres, that's the right word, revered Dean Smith. And if it wasn't for Dean Smith telling Roy Williams he thought he could be a college basketball coach, Roy might be, you know, an hour or so away from you guys coaching high school basketball somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that part of Roy's story is a true story. So to be able to emerge from the shadow of one of the all-time greats, Dean Smith, who is also – you know, one of your mentors in Roy's case, and to win, what was it, 400-plus games at two different schools, Kansas and Carolina, and then to bring those three national titles to the Tar Heels uh, after, you know, one of the low points in Carolina basketball history, 
Uh, I am overwhelmed by what Roy has accomplished, what Kay has accomplished. And, man, it was fun to see those guys in such an, an, an unconventional setting last night. It was. The relationship, the way they would play off each other, kind of, you know, needle each other, get laughs from each other. Like, that That was cool. Wes Durham was the perfect guy to host it. And, and everybody, if y'all missed it, you got it. It's in, only an hour. I, I, they could have gone two um, with that yeah. easy. Um, but y'all got to check that out on the ACC Network. What did you, uh, DG, what did you think of the whole hubbub about the, you know, court storming? Um, Did you just, do you feel, and do you feel like this will result in any changes or do you feel like we'll just kind of, we talked about it, it gave us material, everybody complained, but it'll just kind of go back to to normal. Do they, or can they at least change the way security handles those situations? What do you think? Yeah, I think the ACC is going to make it an issue, and I think they already have the blueprint, right? Uh, whether you like the SEC or not, they've gone from fines of you know $5,000 to $100,000. And for like the third offense, you're fined $500,000 in the SEC. And quick note on that, like with an asterisk, it's not all court stormings that are penalized in the SEC. It's court stormings that specifically happen when players or game officials or both are still on the court. So there's a fine line drawn. So, you know, we could all get all uh, extreme and say we're going to prevent all court stormings in all circumstances. Most people don't want to do that. I actually like the way the SEC does it. If your security is trained well enough to prevent it from happening at the most dangerous time, well, then you're not going to get fined at all. But if those young folks run under the court, you know, and jeopardize the health of what might be a multi-million dollar athlete or, a, you know, a college official trying to make a living, um, you just have to be better than that. And if the fines aren't large, well, then these schools don't have an incentive to hire and train the security to make sure that stuff doesn't happen. You know, anybody can pay the $5,000 yeah. fine yeah. in modern college athletics. You know, 100000 500000 that gets people's attention. Yes. So I want young people to have fun. I don't want to take away that fun aspect of college basketball and even college football. But there's a smarter way to manage it. There's at least a dozen conferences that are managing it this way. And the ACC doesn't have any rules at all, Nothing. really. No fine at all. So it's... It, it, it's time. It's time, and there's a right way to do it without eliminating it entirely. DG, is it almost comical in nature now from what you've seen over the years, the 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 way that Duke can become a national story over everything? Yesterday or two oh, days ago, I looked oh up. Gosh. Gail King was on the TV while I was talking the other day, breaking down the storm as the lead story on CBS this morning. It's unbelievable. I mean, maybe the Grayson Allen years were among the greatest examples of that. I'm telling you, I mean, you guys know the deal. When certain things happen in the national scene, our phones ring, right? People want to hear our instructions to it. And I felt like during the Grayson Allen era, my phone, every time he tripped somebody on purpose, every time he posterized dunked somebody, you know, every time he he got a T from an official – it was like he was graced. He would have been a story at any school, but he was 10 times the story because he was a Duke Blue Devil. And, yeah, we're, we're used to these kind of things. It happens to a degree with Carolina as well. But, wow, the, the Duke Blue Devils are the New York Yankees of college basketball. There's people who intensely love them with passion and intensity, and there's a whole lot of people who can't stand them. There you go, Bone, and they're they're all your boys, Bone. Yankees, Duke, 
They're all your guys, man. They're all your guys. What, what a team! What kind of, what kind of thing is I'm that? I'm just there? pointing you out. You and I are on the same side this week, clearing the ring of some people. No, I'm no. good with Sutton. You're going to throw me over the top rope. I'm on your Duke side, the Yankee thing. I've got. Yeah, I'm nothing, far the from Yankees that side. had nothing. Now we're fighting in front David of company. David Glenn mentioned the Yankees. That's well, why. Well, I'm saying, well, you came at me though. Get mad at You came at me. You let DG go. Then we fight. It was my fault. It was my fault. It was, and now we got to deal with it. This is why. Now we got to go to our couples counseling after the show. When awards come out, David Glenn wins. Zoom and then we're like, why didn't we win a war? Because we fight too much. I right, DJ, you guys you, crack me up. <laughs> you are the man. How dare you start this, DJ? All right, y'all check check out David Glenn's uh, NC Sportsnet on Twitter. Great content, great interviews on there at the NC Sportsnet. Also check him out on Twitter at David Glenn Show. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Thank you, boys. Always fun, man. Keep up the good work. All right, there you go. There you go. Yeah, he said that Duke is the Yankees of college basketball. So I just pointed out, Bone, you root for both of them. Yeah, you, oh, it you, wasn't but, like an insult. But, but, no, you did it in your snarky <laughs> Max Snark way. Snarky Mac. That's a character you have there. Oh, you so. wanted you wanted to you wanted to throw something my way. By the way, radio which, show. Which was it was factual, but you did it in a way that was it was, it was you were trying to get me a little a little stirred. I would like to tell all media members out there, you know how DG said he got all the calls for Grayson Allen uh to do interviews about him? If anybody wants to do the Kyle Filipowski interview angle, I would like you to contact Flounder. Flounder has a lot to say. Um, I tried to get him to stop saying it in the first hour of the show. He believes Filipowski put on an Emmy and, a, and, and an Academy Award winning performance and that there was no injury whatsoever. So radio shows, if you want a good Kyle Filipowski guest, there he is. That is your man, the Flound Dog. That's an, I'm an insider, man. <laughs> Knows exactly what Filipowski's motivations are. I knew when he wasn't playing, I said, oh, no. Oh, no. Or he was we playing. Go. Or when he was playing. There you go. When he was playing, I knew. Oh, here come the Sario fans. By the way, I, we've got to present this to you real quick here. Um, David Glenn gave his idea. There's Colin. Guarantee you, he, he had a reaction when Filipowski played 30 minutes I, last night. I, I want Flounder <laughs> to trip and fall in the hallway so bad today and see how fast he recovers. Then, well, <laughs> if you're asking me to trip and fall and then return to work, uh, I think I'm going to take a few days off, you know? we got to play the uh, Mike Golick. Because Golics. you wouldn't be faking. Oh, yeah, we got to play this. So here's David Glenn. David Glenn, you know, talks about, um, uh, you know, adding the fines to try to get schools to have incentive to have better security, right? And I think it makes sense. The more I think about that, I think it makes sense. The ACC not having a fine at all seems a little ridiculous. But how about the smartest person in the room when it comes to ending, um, uh, the, not ending court storms, but ending the storm like when the players are still on the court? Mike Golick Jr. Bone has this idea for getting college students to stop running on the floor before the players are off. It is brilliance. You're talking about deterrence to get students not to rush the court. Jay Billis is talking about deterrence. I'm talking about a reward right here. I got the solution because I know what college kids like, and I know what crowds in general at sporting events like. Free stuff, baby. So walk with me on this. What local brand will step up to the plate and do what we see for free throws all the time? Hey, so-and-so on the opposing team misses two free throws. Everybody gets two free chicken sandwiches at Chick-fil-A or whatever the place is around campus right there. You get the opposing team successfully off the court before you storm that thing. Everybody in the crowd that night is getting free Taco Bell or whatever you want on the other side of this right here. you got to speak the love language of drunk college people. And the love language of drunk college people is free food. What will get students to self-police the other? The prospect of free drunk food on the backside of this celebration where you're going to go lift a goalpost into the river or something like this. 
<laughs> that's a, it's amazing. Could it you is imagine so true. the one kid that's about to storm gets jumped by his fellow students because they've got Chick-fil-A on the line? Um, Chick-fil-A will stop a lot of it. And stuff. could you imagine you could get the PA involved? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Now it's safe. Go get, go do it. And Taco Actually, Bell is for you. Free Taco when, Bell. Like the, you could just get the PA involved. You could have Taco Bell flashing when it's time to run on. I'm telling you, as somebody bone that used to be a drunken college student, kids don't do it. All right, don't do what what uh, young Mac did. But as somebody bone that had to go get food every night I was out in college, holy crap, man! Free late night grub. Would I do anything for free? I'm, I'm afraid though that it might get even more intense on the storms if they wait till the 30 seconds and then they start trampling each other. I mean that might if Chifley is on the line, there's no rules left. Actually, as a matter of fact, they might not even be stupid. There might be some grown people out there. There might be the uh, the grandmas and grandpas section storming for that. Oh, by the way, Boney Mike Golick Jr. Genius. Uh, by the way, that's on the DraftKings show he and his dad do together. Uh, Bone. Carolina fans are texting about Filipowski. Yeah, and his injury. I just want to just want to let you know it, it, we, they're waiting for you. We we become message board radio pretty quickly here on Sports Radio 92.7 W. It's like a giant Reddit thread. When we come back, it is the wrap up. We've also got to say goodbye, Mac, to a comedic legend that we love as well on Sports Radio 92.7 W F N Z. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Black culture feeds fashion, but fashion doesn't always feed black creatives. I mean, only 7.3% of American fashion designers are black. So McDonald's is pairing five rising black designers with five fashion insiders for career-changing mentorships and the access they deserve. Because we can do better than 7.3. Together, we can change the face of fashion. Follow their journey on Instagram at WeAreGolden. Statistics source from Zipia.com as of 2021. You. I'm one of the best you're dressed the worst, comics I've ever lived. You're the worst dressed person I've ever this, seen. You're comparing this? I can't this? even look at you. I get depressed. When are you going to die? <laughs> you just... Don't will you, will you please die? Unbelievable, the back and forth between Larry David and Richard Lewis on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And long before we Curb Your Enthusiasm fans got to know Richard Lewis... As part of Larry's circle, Larry's buddy on the show that would have interactions like that. Richard Lewis was absolutely killing the comedy game. He is a legend in comedy, and he passed away yesterday. It is a shame. And Larry, by the way, I saw a quote from Larry about it. He said he's upset with Richard because he made him get emotional today. He said, he said, he said he is upset because he actually shed some tears over Richard's passing. So uh, still the yes. same sense of humor from Larry. Towards I his watched buddy. clips for like an hour. Yes, they kept flowing through social media. 
everywhere every time you refresh there's another scene and he had a great uh he had a great career even you know legendary without yeah. Kerr but I think Kerr put him on a level where this generation you know he's from the 70s and all that but he really went to back a whole nother level of icon uh with his curb rolls and he, he had he had the battle man the last couple of years to even have those moments that we saw this season so certainly a, a lifelong friend too by the way they he was born in a hospital, the same hospital as Larry David, three days apart from each other. Yes. So their their whole thing goes from all life, the way back. For life, man, for life. So rest in peace to Richard Lewis, and we'll always have some of the amazing moments on Curb and, and Richard's stand-up moments, too, as well. All right, so tonight in the world of sports, uh, Hornets against Bucks. Hornets are back home. Hopefully, they, hopefully it's more new-look Hornets bone. It looked like old-look Hornets. Last time out against the Bucks. So hopefully it's better tonight at home. You also have the the Hornets news. Adrian Wojnarowski, the one to break it. That Jeff Peterson, from uh, the assistant GM from the Nets, will be the new head of basketball operations for your Charlotte Hornets. And his name. I was saying this during the break, Bone. I remember his name because it has literally. It's been over a year that when they've speculated about a possible Mitch Kupchak replacement. That his name has been mentioned. It stayed in the hunt. New guys joined him, but he ended up being the one that was hired. Yeah, Woj points out in one of his tweets that he's been on the top of the radar for this ownership group, really, probably even before they even fully took over. Uh, he's the youngest in the league at his position, 35 years old. Don't have a whole lot on him, Matt, bio-wise. I know that the Athletic did a 40 under 40 two years ago, and he made that list. We'll have to read it, but I, I, there's not a lot of reaction from the fan base because it's a name we know from the list. But there's not a lot of known necessarily about him. So we'll learn. We'll research and, and and dig deep into him. But right now, there's not a whole lot of fan reaction because it's kind of like assistant GM for the Nets. Yeah. Don't really know much. What, yeah. What can we really say about it? I, I just I just love the overall big picture of what our guys Schlotkin are doing, Schnall and Plotkin are doing, which is let's, you know, let's make the trades. Let's get future assets. Oh, by the way, looks like we got some keepers too as a part of that veteran players. I just like, I feel like they're doing it right. Let's get someone in charge. Sounds like they might restructure the front office to where there might be a higher two that comes in below Jeff Peterson. True. You know, and so I, I, I just, I like the restructuring. I like the DMJing uh, of the franchise that we're doing. And you the know, DMJification you go, of the Hornets, I think, is a good thing. You go opposite. You go from the experienced older guy in Mitch to the youngest in the league now in Jeff Peterson. So ownership sometimes likes to go maybe opposite of, of what they had. And the texter points out he's very excited because they got Norm Peterson now in charge. It's Norm! Not, not Norm do you, Peterson. Do you think everybody, when he walks in a room over there, will yell, Jeff! Will that be a thing or no? Probably dog not. eat dog world. I'm wearing milk bun underwear. <laughs> All right. Let's get to... God, I love Norm Peterson. Let's get to the text and oh great character great character let's get to some of the text see what we have here on uh, the mac and bone radio extravaganza all right bone man um this texture says heard you were looking for someone uh that majored in grass management uh sincerely tommy chong there you go all right there you go. I thought right. that was possibly billy to marlin <laughs> <it was> possibly <laughs> willie nelson we were talking actually turf management the whole like 
you know, hey. hundred percent you know, of the players surveyed by the NFLPA would rather have grass than turf, and that led to David Tepper getting a bad grade. Peach and Chong are both on Mount Smugmore. <laughs> they are, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, let's see what else. Ricky Williams up there too, possibly. Snoop as well. Dogg, Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg might have the, the biggest face right up there. there. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else we have here. Oh, we got some fans of uh, we got some JJ uh, Jansen fans. This texter said, "If I saw the mayor of Charlotte, JJ Jansen, in public, I would lose my mind." So there you go. He, he he does actually go out in the public. Someone said, it does why, happen. why is J.J. in a restaurant? He should own the restaurants in Charlotte. <laughs> what would it be called? You know what his, you know what his specialty would be at his restaurant? What's that? The Snapper. <laughs> I get it. That's a good one. Uh, you like that? Oh, or you're, just fake. you're fake laughing. Are you fake laughing no, like no, Philipowski? No, that, that was quality. <laughs> that, was my, that was my giggles. I don't, about, I don't want to give you too much credit, but I'm giggling. Oh, the, you, you, there are times you make me straight up giggle. Bone, these Filipowski texts. I, I don't enjoy this and at How all. about this? Well, don't no, enjoy no, no, no. this. You, you are anti the people that are saying this. Why don't you just not read them? You're thinking about that? Nah, oh, you're asking too I much. Read there. I want to read them. Uh, this texter says Kyle Filipowski's acting is worse than Paul Pierce when he had to be put in a wheelchair. Ooh. Come on, people. The man had an injury. Well, he got you, better. You said Come this on, guy, people. Bagel guy sent that L for hours. <laughs> bagel guy. You got it in there, bagel. He's putting those shots up. People need bagels, man. Get to, get good. Go do something. Uh, this texter says, um, "Did you say Filipowski played last night? I thought he had to get his leg amputated from the knee, from the knee down." <laughs> Another texter, the gruesome injury to Filipowski spawned a week of discussion about court storming. He was clearly touched by Jesus and rose again to play his next game. I don't Good appreciate point. I don't appreciate these bone. I mean, I just read them. I don't appreciate this tone, you know? Yep. The guy has never come back ever from something happening. It's just he's the first guy ever to play after something happened during the game or after a game. <laughs> Listen, I'm I got, more concerned about we never we don't we're not talking about Caleb Foster enough and what that could mean. Here. Talked about him every time it's been brought up, but okay. Yeah, yeah. So is he is he faking it too? <laughs> I'm starting to question now that you keep yeah. bringing it up. I think fig- I figured that you're going to do a deep dive now on your boards here All on right, your fellas, message boards, fellas, yeah. fellas. You got nine days to the game. Calm yourselves down here. I listen. Here's my stance. Does that? It's just silliness. It's just rivalry silliness. Like, like I don't like if people seriously believe he was faking injury. I think you're crazy. It's coming from one. But rivalry silliness is is is. I don't know. It's it's, it's a miracle that a guy could play after being injured. It's never guys have never had an ankle sprain or something happen during a game and played in the game Uh, within the same game. Yes, that's what I said. That's what I said. Um, By the way, Flounder, uh, Love is Blind fans. A lot of them think that you and Matthew would make a cool wingman combination out on the bars. So, so a man that is that. apparently in, uh, imitating a mime when he hangs out with other dudes <laughs> would be... I do well because they're not actually blind. <laughs> that is cold, man. But they are. They are blind until... See, I could, you got to sucker them in, I guess. It, is that, you got to sucker them in and then hope they hold on. You, you got to come mean? up with a scheme. Um, uh, all right. We got to get the heck out of here, y'all. Um, uh, Filipowski, I'm glad you're healthy, all right? Don't lump me in with these Tar Heel fans just because I read the text. I'm glad you're healthy. Uh, we appreciate it. FanDuel, the proud sponsor of the text line on WFNZ. Jeff Rickard, Colin Hogger coming up next, everybody. Tune in tomorrow for a Friday Mac and Bone Show. College Mac didn't dabble in the gray. more hops than grass. I'm sprinting. Boom. You know what I mean? I'm sprinting. Ah. That's where we get a big fat D. Oh, jeez. I don't want to act like I'm the sod master. The one and only. The Lenard Dog. This dude says he would pay for video of Shuttlecock Mac. The one and only. 
The Winard Dog. What was that one there you just did? No, that wasn't it. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.